From Parkway Church in Kurana, this is the Parkway Podcast. Our prayer is that this message blesses and encourages you today as you listen. If you would like to know more information on who we are as a church, you can visit our website, weareparkway.com. Let's pray and then let's really get into this morning and believe for, for great things. Father, I just thank you uh, for this opportunity we have to come together and worship this morning, God, even in our own homes, God, physically distant, but together in spirit. And I just pray, Lord, that you're honored above all, that you're glorified. Lord, as we celebrate you, as we celebrate the resurrection, as we celebrate what you did on the cross and how you defeated uh, death, the grip of sin, by rising from the dead, uh, we pray that you're honored. We pray that you're glorified. Open our hearts today to receive truth as I speak and as I share. Lord, even in this format, would you just uh, speak to every heart Speak to every mind that's listening. Maybe somebody's here today and they've never been introduced to Jesus. I pray that they'd open their heart to receive from you today. Bless every person that's listening, God. And I pray that we'd leave here changed and transformed this morning, God, in the name of Jesus. And I pray for every church that's gathering, Lord, this morning in a different way, online or, or some other way, Father God. We pray that you'd bless them, you'd be with them, Father God. And that while the enemy intended for evil to use COVID-19 to divide and destroy and and stop the efforts of the church to move forward and celebrate Easter. I pray, God, that power would be displayed today, Lord, and we would just see more people, God, commit to following you, God, more people commit to growing in you, Lord, as we just celebrate what you did by rising from the dead. We love you, Jesus, and we commit this word to you in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, it's our our vision here at Parkway Church to see everyone experience Jesus in a life-changing way. We, we are all about Jesus. We want you to experience Jesus, and we want you to experience the real Jesus in a way that changes your life for the better. That is our vision. That's why we do what we do. That's why we're doing this this morning. And we've, we've broken that down into four principles or four missions, and I just want to walk through this really quickly. For those of you who know this, this is going to serve as a great reminder. Uh, for those of you who don't, maybe this is new for you. But the, the four principles are this, know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. Let me just walk through those backwards for you. Oh, I really believe and we really believe that God has called us and designed us to make a difference with our lives, that He wants our lives to count. And I think if, if we're honest with ourselves, we all want to make a difference with our life. Actually, studies show that the happiest people on the planet are people who feel like their lives are making a difference. And so we want you to make a difference for God. And we have a number of people that are, that are doing that, a part of our dream team serving and, and getting involved. Um, but you can't make a difference until, for God until you discover your purpose. Until you discover your purpose. You, you know, uh, God's designed you. He shaped you in, in a way um, that is specific for your unique calling. Psalms 139 says that he knit us together in our mother's womb. That, that our personality and our talents and our abilities are there for us for a purpose. And in order to make a difference, we need to discover our purpose in, in God. Um, but you can't discover your purpose. You can't think about tomorrow if you're still dealing with your yesterday until you find freedom from your hangups. It's hard to think about making a difference when we're still focusing on the things that we're stuck in, the mess, the addictions, the habits. Too many of us are stuck and we're looking in the rearview mirror and God has come in Jesus. He died on the cross and rose from the dead so that we could have freedom. So we could find freedom. And when we find freedom, we discover our purpose. And as we discover our purpose, we can make, make a difference. But none of this really happens until that first step happens and that is no God. 
know God. It's probably the most important step that you know God. And you cannot know God without knowing this truth. And it comes from John chapter 3, one of the most famous verses on the planet, I believe. And it says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that He sent His only Son, that whoever believes in Him will not die, but will have everlasting, eternal life. To know God means to know Jesus, knowing that, that God sent Jesus to come into the world to live, to die on a cross, to defeat the grip of sin and death, and be raised to life so that you can live. Knowing God means knowing what Jesus accomplished on the cross, and that is Easter. That is what Easter is all about, and so we are here sharing vision with who we are, sharing our principles and how we accomplish that vision because this is the biggest day in the church. It's Resurrection Day. And here's the message I want to share this morning in one sentence. So if you could just write this down, pop out your phone, take out the notepad, whatever it is. I, I think it might be on the bottom of the screen for you. It's this, death is not the expectation. Resurrection is the expectation. Death is not the expectation. Resurrection is the expectation. A couple of days ago, I took uh, my kids for a little bit of a nature walk and we had a goal and that goal was to catch some worms. I don't know if you, when you were a kid you ever caught worms. I used to love going and finding worms, digging up in the garden and going on a rainy day to try to find worms that had crawled out of the ground and collect them. I loved it. I actually remember when I was a, I was a young kid, I don't know how old I was, but me and my sister were looking for uh, worms in my grandfather's garden in England. And we were searching and searching and searching and I couldn't find any. I didn't find one worm. But she found a worm. And my grandfather, being the fair man that he was, came over. And he ripped the worm in half. And I remember us looking like mortified. Mortified that he just took this worm and ripped it in half. But apparently worms can grow back. I don't know. I don't even know if that's true. That's such a cool superpower though. But so me and my, my kids were outside on this rainy day looking for worms. It had just poured. Um, so it was perfect timing. Two days before that, it had rained also. And we were on a walk and we had saw a lot of worms and our boys were like, let's catch some worms. And I said, well, we'll come back on another rainy day. And so here we are searching for worms. And we're walking and we're looking and we're finding tons of worms. I'm talking about tons of worms. Every step there's a worm. But the problem is, is that they're all dead. They're either scorched from the day before because it, it was sunny the day before. It had rained and then it was sunny and then it rained again. So we have warm, worms that are scorched, trampled on, or some that were drowned. There were so many worms, but not a single one we found was alive. And near the end of this walk, we're probably walking for about 20 minutes, my, my voice, the little baby Emma, she's in a, in a stroller. She's not really noticing much. But my boys are frustrated and they're giving up because every worm that they come across is dead. And death had become the expectation. I found another worm. I'd be like, boys, look, look, maybe this one's alive. And they just kind of slowly meandered over because they didn't believe that any were going to be alive. Death had become the expectation. And I was frustrated too because I was really looking forward to get, catching some worms with my kids. And I read this story um, uh, the other week, or this week, in our group Bible reading plan. Maybe you were part of that. We read the, some of the Bible on YouVersion Bible app. And I came across this story, so if you're part of that, you would have read it. And it was is this mother talking about her two-year-old daughter. She says, my two-year-old daughter doesn't understand death. She says, we're reading the, a children's Bible, 
and a children's Bible is the worst place. That's what she says is the worst place to learn about death. Jesus dies and comes back to life. Lazarus dies and Jesus brings him back to life. There's a guy named Isaac who almost dies, but God saves him. Daniel's thrown into the lion's den, but God saves him. Everyone is saved from death. And so she goes on to explain how her daughter is bewildered when it comes to death. And death is not an expectation for her. She wakes up each morning um, almost sad and bewildered when she's picked a flower and the flower has wilted and turned brown. Um, for her, um, death is you know getting sick or getting injured and then everything will be fine. And she goes on to say that she doesn't know how to understand how death is the end. And she says this, resurrection is her expectation. You know, I'm walking for, looking for worms with my boys and death had become their expectation. But for this little girl, because of the story she was reading in the Bible, two years old, resurrection had become the expectation. Now, the author of that Bible reading plan goes on to talk about how as we grow older, we, we come to expect death. We experience it in a multitude of ways. You know, maybe it's a pet that dies, a loved one that passes away. Maybe it's relationships that end, uh, dreams, expectations. When we look around the world, there's fires and there's floods and there's earthquakes that, that stress out the world. There's, there's mass shootings and senseless murders making the headlines, COVID-19 wreaking havoc. And we grow burdened and we get heartbroken and we grow numb and we lose hope that things will be different. And for us as adults, death becomes the expectation. For my boys, death had become the expectation. For this little girl, resurrection was the expectation. But for us adults, death becomes the expectation. It's what we experience in life. But Easter Sunday changes all of that. Easter Sunday changes everything because on this day, death no longer wins. Death is no longer the end. Resurrection becomes the expectation. I was having a conversation uh, a couple weeks ago with someone and we were talking about faith and we're talking about the reliability of the Bible. We're talking about Jesus. We're talking about all of it. And they asked this question, can I believe in it all and not believe in the resurrection of Jesus? For, that, for them, that was the point where they were getting hung up. And, and rightfully so, because naturally speaking, death is the end, right? People don't naturally rise from the dead. We don't see that happen in nature. And so we had this conversation about the resurrection and how everything that we believe as Christian people, everything we believe as a church, and everything we have faith in hinges on it. That someone named Jesus came and he died and, because of, and rose again. And because of that, a movement was born. A faith began that rocked the world. And that he was the first and, first, and his death and his resurrection for, um, was a way to make all of us experience full and eternal life. And so I want to talk about that today. I want to talk about how the resurrection um, is, is pivotal to knowing and believing in Jesus. I want to talk about why the resurrection is important to our faith. Very, very uh, quickly and, and simply, but let me read you a, a scripture from 1 Corinthians chapter 15. This was a letter that Paul and the apostle had written to the church in Corinth. Um, he's written a, a few letters. Actually, most of the New Testament is made of letters written to different people, different churches. And so Paul says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, starting verse 12. He says, But if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. More than that, 
We are found to be false witnesses about God, for we have testified about God that He raised Christ from the dead. But He did not raise Him. In fact, the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Verse 18, Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death has come through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam, Adam is the, the first man who sins and brought death into the world. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. Verse 23, but each in turn, Christ the first fruits, then when he comes, those who belong to him. So Paul here, he's writing to the church in Corinth, and he's saying that without the resurrection, preaching is useless. Like what we do every Sunday is useless. He says without the resurrection, your faith is useless. It's futile. He says we're false witnesses about God saying that he did things that he didn't do. He goes on to say that you're still in your sins without the resurrection. You're still in your sins. You're condemned eternally to die. He says for those who have died, they're lost. He says, without the resurrection, if only on this side of life we have hope in Christ, then we of all people are to be pitied. Everything we do hinges on the resurrection. Everything we believe in hinges on the resurrection. Without the resurrection, just go home. You're like, I am home. Without the resurrection, we, we, we are all doing this in a vain pursuit of nothing. But he says Christ has been raised. He is the first fruits. And since death and sin came through one man, Adam, the first man, so life in Jesus all will be made alive. Listen to this. The death and resurrection of Jesus are central to Christian theology because they demonstrate that Jesus has power over death and over life, and therefore He has authority and He has a power to give you eternal life. It's the message of the early Christians. You look at the, the, the New Testament, you look at the early church beyond the New Testament, it's the message of the early Christians. It's the whole point of the New Testament. It's the central teaching of the apostles. It's the subject of every sermon in the book of Acts. It's the central truth to our faith. It's the cornerstone of Christianity. Without the resurrection, there is no Christianity. So what Paul is saying in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and what I'm saying is that what we believe in is without the resurrection, there is no Christianity. No resurrection, no Christianity. But 2.5 billion people across this planet, billions of people have staked their claim that Jesus rose from the dead. For them, resurrection is the expectation. Today, resurrection, resurrection is the expectation. So I want to give you five thoughts about the resurrection really quick. Without the resurrection, number one, Jesus' death would go without divine endorsement. See, it's the resurrection is God's sign that Jesus is the powerful Son of God who has come, conquered death, and reigns Lord of all. He is not Lord of all if He cannot defeat death. It is God's sign that, that He is the Son of God, that He is God. Number two, without the resurrection, none of Jesus' promises would be trustworthy. 
If Jesus did not rise from the dead after he promised he would do so, then he should be pitied and he should be mocked. He shouldn't believe and obeyed. But since his most important promise has come true, we can believe in the rest of the promises. We can trust in the other promises that he said. If you can't trust, if, if this isn't true, then you can't trust the other, other words. C.S. Lewis said that he would have been a deceiver or been deceived himself. Number three, without the resurrection, there is no foundation for the early church. See, when Jesus died on the cross, his, his followers, they scattered, they, they dispersed, um, they, they became cowardly. But after Jesus' resurrection, Jesus turned these, these baffled deserters into faithful followers. He took these, these cowards, this resurrection took these cowards and made them into bold preachers who would share the message of Jesus, even if it meant martyrdom for them. They became bold because of the resurrection. It gave a foundation for the early church and the message and the gospel scattered and spread throughout the land. Number four, without the resurrection, there would be no model for true sacrificial living and no demonstration of the love of God. It is the resurrection that demonstrates true sacrificial living means dying to your own self-interest and living for others. It's the ultimate display of sacrifice. It's the ultimate demonstration of God's love. No greater love than this, that someone would lay down their life for someone else. And number five, without the resurrection, there would be no final peace to right all earthly wrongs and renew the world. Martyrs would, would go unjustified. Millions of untold justices that have happened throughout history would never be made right. There would be no ultimate reckoning for wrongdoing. Satan would win the ultimate cosmic battle. But the resurrection has displayed that Christ has ultimate power over death, over, over life. He is truly Lord of all. He sits at the right hand of God. And one day all will be brought before him to be judged. Acts ch chapter 17 says this. It says, For he has set a day when he will judge the world with justice by the man he has appointed. He has given proof of this to everyone by raising him from the dead. Resurrection is the expectation. It shows that Jesus is God, and without it, He is not God and He cannot be trusted. I love what C.S. Lewis said again in one of his famous quotes. He says, He's either a liar, He's a lunatic, or He is who He says He is. He cannot be just a great moral teacher. He's a liar, He's a lunatic, or He is who He says He is. So, can I believe in it all and not believe in the resurrection? No. You cannot say without the resurrection that Christianity has any significance. You cannot say that Christ does. The resurrection is important to Christ's identity. It says this in Romans chapter 1 verse 4. It says, He was appointed the Son of God in power by His resurrection from the dead. If He doesn't rise from the dead, He's just another man. It's important to His character. If Jesus didn't rise from the dead, then he was a liar. And everything he said was, would be subject to doubt because he said that he would come back from the dead. It says in Matthew chapter 20, it says, we are going, just, this is Jesus, we are going up to Jerusalem and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the teachers of the law and they will condemn him to death and they will hand him over to the Gentiles to be mocked and flogged and crucified. And on the third day, he will be raised to life. It is important to his character. Because he said it would happen. It is important to his ministry. If Jesus didn't rise from the dead, then his ministry would have ended in defeat. Everything he taught and pointed towards would have ended. In fact, um, when he was first arrested and crucified again, his, his followers scattered. But the resurrection, it confirmed his ministry, and it took those scattered followers and made them into bold preachers. 
It is important to his message. The central message of Jesus is that God has sent him into the world to forgive sin and make a way for all to have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not die but have eternal life. That, that thought is authenticated by the resurrection. Death is not the expectation. Resurrection is the expectation. C.S. Lewis shared in this, uh, this in his book, Mere Christianity. If you want a book about Christianity, read Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis. It's a good read. It's a little difficult to read if you're not used to C.S. Lewis reading. It says this, I'm trying here to prevent anyone saying the really foolish thing that people often say about him. I'm ready to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, but I don't accept his claim to be God. That is the one thing we must not say. A man who is merely a man and said the sort of things Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He'd either be a lunatic on the level with a man who says he's a poached egg, or else he'd be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the Son of God, or else a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool, you can spit at him and kill him as a demon, or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord of all, but let's not come to any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He has not left that open for us. He did not intend to. Now it seems obvious to me that he was neither a lunatic nor a fiend, and consequently, however strange or terrifying or unlikely it may have seemed, I have to accept the view that he was and is God. So why do billions of people celebrate this day? Why? Because we believe in Jesus. We believe that he came, that he lived, that he taught a way of life, that he died, he defeated the grip of sin, he defeated the power of death by being raised to life. And if we believe in him, we will also have eternal life. See, the resurrection is everything. It is everything. The resurrection gives us hope for tomorrow. I want you to picture this. I want you to picture your disciple living in the time of Jesus. You're a disciple of Jesus. And you have been walking with him for the past three years. You're eating meals with him. You know, you're journeying with him. You're participating in his ministry. You're watching him perform miraculous signs and, and, and wonders that defy nature. He's preaching of a better tomorrow, of God's kingdom, of forgiveness, of eternal life. He's, he's gathering masses and masses of crowds that are, are coming around him. And then he starts talking about he has to go. At the end of this three-year term that you've been walking with him, he starts, he starts talking about how he has to go, how he has to suffer things, that he has to die and rise. And it doesn't quite make sense to you, even though you've seen a lot of things that don't quite to make sense. You see this man walk on water. You've seen him calm storms by just yelling at them. You've seen him heal, you know, blind and mute and, and, and lame. And then he's taken, right? He's, he's betrayed, he's arrested, he's accused, and he's beaten, and he's hung to die on a wooden stake like a criminal, and then he dies, and he's been put in a tomb. And you're that disciple. Everything you had believed and followed for three years is done. Right? Life is turned upside down. Your master, your Lord, is, has met his end. The movement is over. You're lost. You're hope, hopeless. You're uncertain. You're unsure. You're afraid. They got him. Maybe they're coming for you next. And then something happens. 
someone goes and visits the tomb, but it's empty. Did they take the body? What's going on? What's happened here? And then a couple of the followers of Jesus, the other disciples, start saying some crazy things. They start saying, we've seen him. He's alive. He appeared to us. And you're not entirely sure. But then he appears to you. And then he appears to all the disciples. And then he appears to an entire group at one time. He's alive. And everything that he taught and everything that he pointed towards starts to make sense. Your mourning has turned into joy. Your fear has told, turned into boldness. Your hopelessness is lifted. What was so uncertain is now so certain. This changes everything for you. This means everything for you. You're willing to dedicate your life to this cause, this message. You're willing to do anything for this because if he died and rose to life, that means death is not the end, that resurre resurrection is the expectation. I love what Revelations chapter 21 says about this. It says, He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. Listen, that same truth is still true today. In the worst of uncertainty and hopelessness, Jesus is hope for tomorrow because of the resurrection. That we too will be like Christ and will be given eternal life. So regardless of what we face, what we experience, what we go through, we have a hope in a man that defeated death. Doesn't matter what we go through. Resurrection is the expectation. You know, I was scrolling Facebook like I often do, I think like many of us do, and I came across a letter that somebody had written to COVID-19. They said this, they said, Dear COVID-19, I really had to write you and tell you just one thing, just one word, Emmanuel. It means God with us. And thus all your power is stripped away. Nothing you can do can spark any more fear. You are not in control. You are with us also, but you will not last. The only thing this world needs to rob you of all that you are is one word. So COVID-19, remember that word. Sincerely, child of God. You know, the resurrection shows Emmanuel has power. So next time you face something, you go through something, you experience something, remember resurrection is the expectation. You know, we asked many of you to share what the resurrection means to you and you saw a lot of those videos before I, I spoke how it's changed lives it's changed lives they had experienced with Jesus uh, with the truth of resurrection and their lives have been changed because of it I, I had someone else send me this um, they didn't make it in time they couldn't get a video in and so it says they said this it means that in spite of what's happening in the world today I can sing with assurance and some of you might remember the song because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know, I know who holds the future. Life is worth the living just because he lives. You know, we may be in a hopeless moment or a hopeless time, but we can be certain of the future because Jesus is alive. That's the resurrection. That's Resurrection Sunday. That's what Easter is all about. And that's why our vision at Parkway Church is to see everyone experience Jesus in a life-changing way. You know, maybe you're here today, sitting in your couch, in your bed, and you just stumbled across this, 
this service, this experience online. Maybe somebody shared a video with you and said, hey, tune in. You know, maybe someone invited you to watch. Maybe you just felt like it's Easter and you've been hearing a lot of people go to church online and so you felt compelled to go to church. And so you're here watching and something's touched you, something's gripped you. You know, you felt something inside of you say, this is what you need. I just want to let you know that's God. That's God speaking and touching your heart. Maybe you had an experience with Jesus while watching this. Maybe he spoke to you. Maybe you felt something come to your mind or come to your heart. Listen, I want to invite you, if that's you today, I want to invite you to begin a relationship with Jesus, begin a relationship with God by believing that Jesus is Lord, that he's God, that he's Savior, who died for your sins, and he rose from the dead, and that's why we celebrate today. You know, so if that's you, this is what the Bible says. It says that if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. And so if you're here today and you're like, I want to give my life to Jesus, you know, something's speaking to me, something's touching my heart. I just want you to say a a brief prayer with me and really believe it in your heart, right? You believe in your heart that Jesus was raised from the dead and you're confessing with your mouth, you're declaring with your mouth that he is Lord. So everybody, if you're watching today, can you just bow your heads, um, just close your eyes. Maybe you're you're alone, maybe you're with people. Let's just all pray this together and help a few people out who, who want to commit their life to Jesus today. Just bow your heads with me and say this after me. Dear Jesus, I declare with my mouth that you are Lord. I believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead. Forgive my sin. Be my Lord. Change my life. You died for me. You rose for me. Now I give you me. I commit myself to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. You know, the Bible says, um, and I say this often when, when we're talking about salvation and somebody give their life to Jesus, the Bible says that there's more celebration. There's a big party that happens in heaven over one person who gave their life to Jesus, over one person than a hundred who are already following him. So today, if you gave your life to Jesus, there's a party happening and we want to party with you. We're just so excited for the decision you made. I need you to do me a huge favor if you're watching today and that's you. I need you to let me know about it. And so what I want you to do is I want you to grab your phone or if you're on your computer, um, pop open your email and just email me. Say, hello, my name is so-and-so and I gave my life to Jesus today. And I just want to know, I want to celebrate with you and I want to help you with some next steps in the journey. I want to help you with some next steps in the journey. You can also go to our website weareparkway.com slash connect and you can let us know about that but there's more celebration i just really believe church parkway i believe that all across our nation as churches gather online that there are people who are committing their life to jesus today because of that and that is something that we can celebrate i just want to pray one last time and i just want to i want to believe um, for this for this time period for us i want to believe for you that your your perspective will shift And death will no longer be the expectation, but resurrection will become the expectation because of what today means for us, what it means for the church, what it means for our faith, because it's everything. So would you bow your heads one more time and let's just pray. Father God, we just thank you that we can still gather and connect as a church community, Lord, that we can worship, that we can hear from your word, and that we can celebrate, God, what today means. And I pray, God, that regardless of where we are, we would be in celebration today, even regardless of what we're facing, because today means that death is not the end. Today means that death has no hold on us, God. Today means that death has lost its power, because Resurrection Sunday is today. You rose from the dead. And so I pray that in our hearts and in our minds, the idea, the truth, 
truth, God, that we will one day rise as you rose. We will one day rise and spend eternity with you. That would rise up in our hearts and it would give us joy and it would give us peace and it would give us hope. So if there's somebody here today, God, and they're mourning, if there's somebody here today and they're grieving, if there's somebody here today and they're fearful or unsure, would you just touch their heart? Would you speak to them and would you reveal the truth of Jesus Christ to them in the name of Jesus? We love you, God. We bless you. We honor you. We exalt you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, and regardless of where you are, sitting on your couch or in your bed or with family or alone, you said, Amen. Come on, church. It's so good to be able to celebrate Easter Sunday together, um, even though it's different, even though we're, we're physically apart, we're together in spirit. Thank you so much for listening. We hope that this message brought you closer with Jesus and gave you a better understanding of your walk with Him today. If you would like to know more about who we are as a church, you can visit our website, weareparkway.com. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram at parkway.church.